Hey all you heavenly humans, I'm Mandile and welcome to And Other Things, a podcast about navigating life, learning from past experiences, embracing growing pains and laughing along the way. Meet me right here every week for thoughtful conversation, challenging discussion and an all-round great time. from the well where young women drew water like myself my body was weary and my heart tired for a moment i watched the stream that rushed before me and thought how fresh the smell of flowers how young the grass around it and yet again i heard the sound of duty which ground on me made me feel aged as i bore the great big mud container on my head like a painful umbrella and I got home and cooked your meal, for you had been out drinking the pleasure of the flesh while I toiled in the field. Under the angry vigilance of the sun, a labor shed only by the bearings of my womb, I washed the dishes, yours, and we swept the room we shared before I set forth to prepare your bedding in the finest corner of the hut, which was bathed by the sweet smell of dung I had this morning applied to the floors. Then you came in, in your drunken lust, and you made your demands when I explained how I was tired and how I feared for the child, yours. I carried, you beat me and had your way at that moment. You left me unhappy and bitter. Yet tomorrow I shall again wake up to you, milk the cow, plough the land and cook your food. You shall again be my lord. For isn't it right that women should obey love, serve and honour her man? For are you not the fruit of the land? was a poem by Christina Rungano, a Zimbabwean poet and short story writer and I wanted to start with that poem firstly because I think it's so powerful and I love the way it's written but also because it's so representative of the things that a lot of women go through around the world. So there are women in this world who are only valued and I use that word in its lighter sense they're only valued because of what they can give to men in the home or at work or wherever else and that's what that poem was about a woman whose sole purpose in life is to labor for the benefit of a man right she only has one brief moment of peace right after she wakes up and then she has to sweep and clean and cook and endure a beating and emotional abuse. Before I get into what I want to talk about today, I just wanted to give you all a warning that some of the content may be triggering or heavy for some people. So just beware and stop the party if it's too much for you. I completely understand. 
Okay, so I'm sure you've all heard about the murder of Sarah Everard, but if you don't know, Sarah Everard was a 33-year-old woman who was kidnapped and murdered while she was walking home from work. And to add insult to injury, she was actually killed by a male police officer, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised about anymore. I read this article in The Atlantic that talks about Sarah's story and about being unsafe as a woman in general. And I want to read the opening paragraph because I think it's so poignant. So it says, On the evening of March 3, Sarah Everard did everything right. She went home at a reasonable hour and travelled the long way along well-lit London streets. As she walked, she checked in with her boyfriend on the phone then the call abruptly cut out. Just reading that breaks my heart and it's so true for so many women, right? Sarah isn't the first woman to experience something like this, but this is just the most recent story and the one that sparked protests and was covered by the press in the UK and globally and that's why we're talking about it. And I completely identify with all the moves that Sarah made on her way back from work to keep herself safe. And the fact that she had to even think about taking the long way home and only walking in the light and texting her boyfriend and all of that just shows how bad the problem is, right? It's like when um, black people, black men, especially in America, are supposed to be absolutely compliant when stopped by a police officer right move very slowly dictate every step you're taking so they don't think you're gonna pull a gun don't wear a hood because you look suspicious etc etc those directions are not the problem they point to a larger issue right racism is the disease death is the outcome but those directions are the prevention And the same goes for women who are scared to be killed or sexually assaulted or harassed by men, both in broad daylight and especially at night. I also, and I'm sure a lot of you identify with this, I don't walk alone at night except where there is lots of traffic and lots of light but even that may not be safe. I even try not to walk at night full stop and just how sad is that? I mean I've been catcalled countless times while walking on the street. I've had men pull up to me while I'm walking and drive next to me slowly until they realize that I'm not going to budge and then they curse me out because I'm not giving them the time of day. I mean, I've also had a random man slap my bum while I was at a party and then at another party, some guy, wait, backtracking, he didn't just slap my bum, he squeezed it like three times, but it was dark, so I couldn't see and I was so scared I just continued walking. And then at another party, some random guy kept trying to come up behind me while I was dancing and rub his body against me. So the first time I looked at him and I told him to stop very sternly. And then he tried it again the second time. He had the audacity 
to try it again and I literally turned around and yelled at him and almost raised my hand to slap him because I was livid and if you know me you know that's way out of character but if a simple no or don't do that won't protect me I gotta get angry but even if I do get angry there's no guarantee that I will be safe it's just absolutely sickening that men are so entitled that they think it's okay for them to violate women's bodies in any way and to me I think that's actually the utmost form of violation is to treat another person's body as if it were your own property and to strip away their agency my my heart just breaks for Sarah Everard and every woman who has literally lost her life because of gender-based violence. I read somewhere that gender-based violence or GBV affects one in three women globally and that is a lot of women. And don't quote me on the exact number but I know it's a lot either way and I know the numbers are even higher for how many women just experience sexual harassment, sexual assault, domestic violence. It's it's a lot. And not to even mention the girls and the young women. I was at a post office the other day and I was walking out after dropping off my mail and then I noticed that on the wall as I was walking out on the left side, there was a section for missing persons in the city that I'm in, right? And I think there were about seven people on the board and six of them were girls, all between the ages of 12 and 16. There's obviously no way to know why they're missing, but in most cases, I I did some research, it's for involuntary reasons, can you believe that? And 12 to 16, I, when I was 12 to 16, I was just so naive. I hadn't done anything with my life and I can't imagine having my life taken away from me at such a young age or just experiencing something so traumatic. And also in Zimbabwe, where I'm from, 34% of girl children, and I, I think the number is even higher because The statistics aren't reported on very frequently, but what I found is 34% of girl children are married off before the age of 18. Even though the government changed the legal age to 18 a couple of years ago for marriage. That means that those girls are entering marriages where they could be taken advantage of beaten, assaulted, and if not, they're not able to be children, period, which should be enough. And in most cases, they don't even have a say in the situation. And they may have to stop going to school if that's something that they were doing. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to learn more about girl-child marriages across the world, because a very prevalent issue I will put a link in the show notes to an organization called Girls Not Brides Um, it was one of the organizations that I linked on International Women's Day so people could donate and 
I think it's a really important one. So you can visit the website to see more stats and perhaps donate if you are able. And back to Sarah Everard's story. So the article in The Atlantic I mentioned earlier talks about how most cases of gender-based violence are not committed by strangers. It's actually people who women know and sometimes love who abuse, assault or kill them. And I know a good number of people in my life personally who have experienced such atrocities by people they knew. And that's, I think, the scariest part. The fact that someone you trust could do that to you. And my experiences and knowing the experiences of people around me has made me scared of men. I'm always wary of men, even those I know and love, which is just truly unfortunate. But you, again, you can't ever be too comfortable when your literal life could be at risk at any time. And I know some people are going to say, but not all men, blah, 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 which is absolutely true. Not all men, but it distracts from the fact that the majority of gender-based violence is perpetrated by men against women and we've seen a lot of transgender women especially trans women of color being disproportionately targeted as well so that's another layer and also saying not all men is like saying all lives matter we know we know that it's not all men we all know that everyone's matter everyone's life matters excuse me regardless of race but if you guys know Emmanuel Acho he is an author and the host of uncomfortable conversations with a black man he put it best he said and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember exactly what he said. But he said, right now, at this moment, we are talking a lot about COVID-19 and trying to find a cure for it or a vaccine, right? But that doesn't mean that there aren't other diseases or that other diseases like cancer are less concerning or important. It just means that in this moment, right now, COVID is the most pressing issue because of how contagious and far-reaching its effects are, right? I, I felt like that was such a good analogy. And saying not all men, everyone knows that not all men, but that's not the point. We should be saying almost all women, <laughs> That should, that's what we should be focusing on. You know, of course, there are also men who are violated by women, but the rate at which the opposite is happening is far more alarming, you know? Again, it's just like saying, but black on black crime, but no, 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 no. Um, white police officers and white people targeting black people is racially motivated and the rate at which that's happening is so alarming and the same thing goes for gender-based violence sexual assault right <sighs> but yeah and going back to um sexual assault and harassment specifically earlier this year i read know my name by chanel miller 
it was actually the first book I read this year and I'm really glad that it was but if you don't know Chanel Miller she was the victim of sexual assault on Stanford's campus as in Stanford University in California and she had gone to a college party at Stanford with her younger sister who was a college student elsewhere I think if not on Stanford Stanford's campus Um, but Chanel herself was no longer a college student and she was drinking and having a good time and the next thing she knew she woke up in a hospital bed only to later find out from a police officer and the dean of students at Stanford that she had possibly been raped but because she had blacked out from drinking the last thing she remembered personally was being at the party and dancing and having a good time with her sister and then at some point her sister had left her and she was just dancing alone she only later found out that two Swedish Stanford exchange students had seen a guy namely Brock Turner fingering Chanel while she lay on the ground near a trash can I think under a tree unconscious and if it hadn't been for the Swedish guys who stopped Brock Chanel could have been raped or left out there the whole night the assault itself is completely messed up full stop but in the book Chanel talks a lot about what the assault did to her like the aftermath of the assault and how it affected her mental health for the following two years while she was in court and to the point where she didn't really want to live and I'm sure she still feels haunted by it um it's it's a beautifully written book and I highly recommend it to everyone everyone especially if you yourself have experienced something similar or if you're just trying to understand the experiences of sexual assault victims and what they have to go through to get justice it's absolutely crazy so if you can please read this book and lastly but certainly not least I wanted to make some space for the AAPI community and uh, my listeners who are part of that community which has been hurting and grieving most recently because of blatant hate crimes against their own. I am personally still in the process of learning the history behind hate crimes against the AAPI community in the US so I won't speak on it just yet but if you want to learn more about the recent spikes in hate um, starting I believe it was last year in the US I will link some podcast episodes in the show notes that have helped me make sense of it all. I actually planned out this episode quite in advance but as soon as I heard about and I read about the shooting in Atlanta I had to include it in here and uh, it's so just sad um, that only two weeks after Sarah Everard's death all the way in England this happened in the States and I know these cases are not unique but they are what is being covered by the media right now and what is sparking a lot of conversations and protests 
But yeah, I wanted to touch on this in this episode because while I was reading up on the shooting, right, I read that the shooter, Robert Aaron Long, it's always important to say the names of the people who perpetrate this violence, he did it because he had what he describes as sexual desires and he was trying to eliminate those desires. Um, yeah. When I read this, I was disgusted and saddened and confused and just the audacity. That's all I can say. Um, Because I know how Asian women are fetishized. We all know. And to associate killing people in spas specifically Asian women and I think um, there were eight people so six of them were women and two of them were men but to associate spas which I think we know um, that a lot of women work in spas it's mostly a female dominated industry and to do that and associate Asian women with sexual desires is really just problematic and let's not even get started on how nicely this white man this white killer um, is being treated unsurprisingly again an example of not only racism and xenophobia but also this shooter's sense of entitlement against women's bodies yeah um Yeah, this case just really highlights the intersectionality of sexism and racism. And in Know My Name, the book that I talked about earlier, Chanel Miller talks about how one guy, I think I remember, um, I may be a little hazy on the details because I read this in January, but one guy had opened fire on Stanford dorms because he was frustrated that no girls wanted to have sex with him again just the sheer entitlement especially of white men yeah um i won't speak more on this issue at this moment but my heart truly goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one because of such hatred and to the AAPI community um, which is currently enduring such terrible loss at the moment. was heavy but it's even heavier for the women who carry such heavy loads because of their experiences so I just wanted to make some space to acknowledge that and sit in the discomfort myself and encourage you all to do the same Um, and I want to switch gears here not to distract from the heaviness of the topics of GBV and sexual assault and abuse and harassment because that should never be overshadowed at all but I do want to take some time before I close out this episode to celebrate the badass women of and other things and reflect on the lessons that they 
taught me during our time together and I just want to honor them before the end of Women's History Month. I am so blessed to have had such thoughtful and challenging conversations with old and new women friends and to have shared them with you all. So with that said, here's a montage of some of the powerful quotes and word gems and moments that my women guests blessed me with since I started the party. Especially with environmental sustainability, I think people forget what the word sustainable actually like means and stands for Mm. like what can you do do not like go out of your way to do things that are not within your power in these types of shows where it's like mainly white girls are playing these lead roles and everything like that but me wanting to be in those types of roles it's difficult to see myself that way I wish we could use social media to teach people how to listen better so people Mm. could change like how they speak and we didn't have to get rid of like the anger that people have, you know? Entrepreneurship is like a walk in the park, sis. Um, Mm. You get days where you wake up and you're like, "Ah, I don't want to do this anymore. There are times where you mix up orders and sometimes you don't have the nicest of people, you know, ordering for you and sometimes the feedback isn't always great. And you always have to take a step back and think that, you know, they don't like the denim. They didn't say they hate me. I really think that if nobody told me it was a sin to be gay, I would never have known reading the Bible. People always think like, oh, like it must really suck not to walk. And it's like, it's like really though, but like what sucks the most is like losing your independence. Definitely taught me so much, so many things that, um, I wouldn't have the opportunity to learn if I just stay in my home country. If you're just constantly surrounded by people that think like you, you're going to just be affirmed and you never have to think, maybe I'm wrong. It's better to aspire to have a meaningful life rather than a happy life. Like it's great to want to be happy, but happiness is not a sustainable feeling. It's in the interest of white supremacy to look Mm -hmm. down upon Africa because then it justifies everything that they ever did to us and it justifies how it's in its current state. One day I just woke up and I told myself I was worth it. Mm. Oh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. My past is in the past. I've dealt with it. I've forgiven everyone that I thought had wronged me and had wronged me. I try not to dwell in the negative things that are happening in the world right now only because I'm grateful and thankful and I wake up every morning thanking God that I'm still alive and doing everything that I'm, I'm doing. For me, it's just being there for my children. Mm-hmm. Just being part of their lives, the journeys that they are walking in from the day of birth to whatever level that they all are mm-hmm. individually has been my greatest accomplishment. It's important to recognize some of the the words and the statements and the stereotypes that have been passed on to just not even just black women, but to the black community and also like mm-hmm. take time to think that we're not tied to those things and that if you don't identify with it, you don't have to. It is very much mm-hmm. a choice and a lot of the stuff that's been there was only there to harm us and to make us feel that we weren't worthy.
so so good so good uh thank you to those incredible women for being you simply for being you and for being guests on the party you are so so appreciated and to all the women who listen to this party your support is not lost on me thank you thank you for supporting me because women supporting women is one of the most powerful forces for change out there so let's continue doing so beyond women's day and women's history month one of my most strongly held beliefs is that I am the summation of all the people in my life who have taught me and nurtured me and inspired me right I everything I am is because of everything they are and most of those people are women and that just makes me so happy to say it's so awesome and I believe that in me I hold a piece of every woman who has ever been a part of my life and I choose to hold on to the many lessons they have taught me, the wisdom they have imparted to me and the love they have given me. Man, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> but truly, truly, thank you. Um, okay, lastly, to wrap up this Women's History Month series, I wanted to recommend some educational podcasts that you can listen to, well, educational and entertaining, that you can listen to if you want to learn more about the experiences of different women whose experiences you may not share, but also maybe to hear your own experiences and stories reflected in those of others. So the first is Ordinary Equality, which is a podcast about women's rights here in the U.S., There are two seasons of this podcast. So the first one is about the movement to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, which would make men and women equal by law in the U.S. Constitution. It tells the story of women's suffrage and um, kind of walks us through how the states got to the point of Virginia ratifying the amendment in 2020 years and years after the movement began it's really quite shocking when you listen to how long it took to just get people to consider even putting an equal rights clause in the constitution Um, and then the second season which I'm currently catching up on talks about abortion so even if you're pro-life I recommend you listen to it because it talks about more than just pro-choice or pro-life. Second we have Encyclopedia Womanica and this one is really great if you like shorter podcast episodes because each one I think is about seven minutes long and in each episode the host talks about a woman who did really great things And what I like about this one is that it presents a very diverse group of women throughout history from political figures and writers to founders of makeup companies and poets. So it's really not just Western or white focused, which is always amazing. And the third one, third podcast recommendation is called appearances and it's a serialized show and the first one of its kind that I have listened to and I really liked it I think there were eight episodes when I found it and I 
listen to them all in one week because it was just so good. So it's a one woman eight part series show about an Iranian American woman and her family. There's a lot of internal dialogue and we get to learn about the everyday challenges that Melanie, the protagonist, faces not only as a woman in general but as a woman who is the child of Iranian immigrants so there are layers and again that intersectionality between um, race and gender or sex and last but certainly not least is Ai Wei with Jamila Jamil and if you don't know who she is Jamila is an actress a model and a writer so if you've watched The Good Place she plays Tahani on that show. Oh, it's such a good show and everyone should watch it. But anyway, in this podcast, she interviews different well-known people, including Demi Lovato, which was one of my favorite episodes. And she asks such thoughtful questions that force her guests to be vulnerable. However, she doesn't only interview women, though. So that's kind of a cop out on my part, but I've only listened to the episodes where she talks to women and they're all great. So maybe you should do the same. (laughs) All the links to the podcast I mentioned will be in the show notes. So check those out if you want to listen to more women and women's stories. Next week will be the And Other Reads book club and we'll be discussing Transcended Kingdom, a book by Yajiasi who is an incredibly talented woman and the protagonist is also a great woman so stay tuned for that because it's going to be a great episode and a really awesome way to wrap up Women's History Month. Right, listeners, thanks so much for spending some of your precious time with me throughout this episode. As always, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow and other things on Instagram at and other things potty for more valuable content. This podcast was written, hosted, and produced by me. Have a most magnificent day. Thank you.